Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and today we are joined by nobody, it's just me. <coughs> Sorry about that, I'm a little stuffed up. Um, today's episode is going to be something I've been thinking about doing for a while, and it's also um, for my own sanity. Uh, this month has become Batman Recording Month, which is awesome, but there's also a lot of research um, and note-taking and stuff that I gotta do for it. Uh, for the episodes, um, just because we did the, the Batman the Animated Series episode. Uh, tomorrow, I'm recording um, with the uh, with some of the derailed guys. We're going to talk about um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Um, later this month, soon, I'm recording the deep dive into the DC Animated Universe. And later this month as well, I'm recording... An episode of unmade Batman films with Mike, just because that's just, that's just fascinating. And uh, Christian and I, uh, for an Into the Weeds episode, we're gonna do an episode of the Joker. Um, so there's a lot of stuff <laughs> that I gotta that I gotta do involving that. Um, there's a lot of research and a lot of editing. And while I've also enjoyed doing the quick thoughts videos out out and about sometimes the sound is what it is i'm competing with trucks with traffic um my earbud microphone is rustling up against my beard um so there's only so much i can do uh so i thought this would be a fun escape from it and a a great way to revisit um a franchise that i that i know and love and uh we're, we're talking star trek um so what I'm going to do intermittently, this is, I guess, going to be a sub-series uh, in the Let's Watch series. Um, and I'll try to be good about making a distinction um, where there's going to be Let's Watch where we're talking about a movie that we've watched. And maybe it'll be called Let's Watch Along, um, just so we can, we can set it up for that. Um, so a while ago, I did the Watch Along of, uh, of Goofy, um, a Goofy movie. Oh, no, I did call that a Let's Watch. Okay, so Let's Watch will be the watch-alongs. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I'm a professional and prepared, because um, then I also did those uh, with Power Rangers Zeo with Bex, and then we also did Sailor Moon. Um, there's been a lot of recording. <laughs> um, and one with Mike, uh, Jurassic Park. So this one's going to be a solo Let's Watch, and... Um, I'm picking and choosing some of my favorite Next Generation episodes, um, and eventually I might try this with DS9, and maybe even Voyager, um, especially with our with our Patreon, uh, with one of our tiers, I believe uh, we can do suggested episodes, um, so if you want to make me watch Voyager, or Discovery, <laughs> that's the way to do it. And it's not like I hate Voyager, I enjoy it, but it's also for me where Trek started to, the wheels started to come off a bit. As much as I dig episodes from it, it's also, there's some ridiculous stuff there. Um, but I, I, I still enjoy it. But uh, we're going to go with some comfortable territory, and we're going to go uh, to what, even though I'd say Deep Space Nine is Trek at its best, um, just because it, it explores like utopia but still with uh how much humans suck <laughs> and I, I really enjoy that and i i do enjoy the more character driven long story arc aspects of it um but that's not not a knock against next gen because next gen is outstanding and i when i think trek my mind goes to next gen um as much as i might think ds9 is trek at its absolute artistic best um I think Next Gen is Trek at its its most accessible, um, and I use that in the most complimentary terms possible. The techno babble hadn't gotten too nuts. Um, you would have some really, frankly, light and silly episodes, and then also some stuff about some moral quandaries and some deep issues, and I, I like that in a show. It's not an either-or. Um, Next Gen is definitely a both-and. Um, but Trek in general is a both and, and I, and I enjoy that. Um, now today's episode is one that's definitely more of a kind of a moral, uh, quandary episode. Um, 
and I, I really enjoy those when they're done well in Shrek. Um, when they're done well in general, but when they're done well in Shrek, then they're they're really, really great television. Um, and the writing in this episode is just, just phenomenal. And everything fires on all cylinders, and it's one of the first episodes that uh, Jonathan Frakes, uh, number one, Commander Riker, the man with the beard himself, um, he directed this, and for it being such an early, if not his first, directorial effort, it's it's outstanding. And everything is everything is working together greatly in this episode. Um, the acting is outstanding. The camera angles, the writing—it's just—it's so good. Um, to me, I'd probably put this in the top ten, if not my top five, episodes of uh, Next Gen, and. We're talking about and watching along with um, episode 421, I believe. Let's quickly double-check before I'm proven wrong. Uh, yep, 421, The Drumhead. Now, this is a, a very beloved episode and uh, a, a quite popular one. And I, I think it's because of the char uh, the characterization of Picard, the performance, but all the writing, and also the relatability of it. Um, I find its themes very very um relevant to the to the time we live in and i think that's what makes it so relatable now before i get into that i will say um when when i say that i i'm we're looking at this through how people are using inference and lack of admission or whatever to infer guilt to infer some heinous crime to be like let's look at your your patterns and isolated things you've done to create a picture of who we want who we want you to be the monster that we we're painting you as whether or not that's true we're going to remove context we're going to remove time we're going to remove changes that you've gone through since um and i just find that so fascinating and relevant again to the time we live in um now uh, i'm gonna be straight up i find that fascinating and relevant because that is such a prevalent thing now in this episode at much like in real life in our pursuit of justice um or to right wrongs that we've seen um, or we're becoming aware of it's just we're jumping on these things and this is this is looking at which trials and which in many aspects have returned um, and just inference and all that kind of thing please hear me when I say this I am not using this episode to comment on any particular case give any particular opinion one way or another about anything this is something that everybody does, every people group does, due to bias, due to fear. That's what I'm commenting on. That's why I find this so fascinating, because it's not a one group versus another group issue. It's not a... It's it's not that. It's not a them issue, and we don't do this. It's This is something that everybody does. Um, it's something everybody did, and now almost 20 years removed from this episode um it's something we're seemingly doing more and more and that's just why i find it so fascinating that we'd like to think we've come so far and yet we we really haven't um and that that's the mark of great writing i think um where it this this topic can appeal to a wide variety of people and it can impact and be relatable to so many different people um people from every group every creed whatever you want to say um this is this taps into a very human fallen issue um and then the thing is uh, what i love with this episode is it starts out of something real and again that's that's just how relevant it is because things going on now don't start out of nowhere something very real and wrong happens um that then springboards a, a fair number of these behaviors 
So, again, please understand, this is not an episode commenting on anybody accusing anybody. This is not to take any side whatsoever. It's just an appreciation for the relevancy. Uh, again, I think this is a very human issue. This, um, this is something that everybody does. And it's just been on my mind a bit lately, and the characterization of Picard, I think, is outside of one or two moments, um, Picard at his Picardiest. Uh, because when we think of Jean-Luc Picard, we think of one of the most upstanding moral uh, characters in all of Star Trek. Um, he has his flaws, but this is him at his, his absolute best. And then the other interesting thing we see is outside of one or two characters who, as the episode goes, there's, there's well-intentioned villainy, I think. And villainy might be the wrong term, but it's people casting doubt, casting aspersions. Um, but in their mind, it's they're doing the right thing. And then other characters who we would describe as good people and good characters who aren't doing what those characters are doing, they get swept up and end up acting on their uh, on their side on their behalf because they think they're doing what's right and i love this because it's a very even though some of the aspects are very black and white it's a very gray episode and a nuanced gray episode and it's it's honestly one of my favorite of all of star trek so depending on how this goes um i am going to do this uh do this again with another couple episodes i've got two others in mind um, maybe three or so from from Star Trek, just because uh, a couple of them. I'm a huge fan of the character Q, and uh, Q does not get his due. So I want to do some episodes with Q so he can get his due. I think he's a fantastic character. Um, so with all that in mind, I'm about to start up the episode. Uh, you can find, I believe, Star Trek The Next Generation. Let me quickly double check. Because I'm a professional and prepared. Um, but I am 99% sure I'm watching it off of uh, off of my computer, not online. Just because my, uh, my Wi-Fi is acting up. But you can get Trek on DVD, on Blu-ray. Uh, you can also find it on Netflix. Um, where if my Wi-Fi wasn't acting up a little bit, I'd totally be watching it on Netflix. Um, I've got digital copies that I own, so... That's what we're going with today. All right, give me one quick sec. We'll be right back, and then we're going to dive into the episode. Okay, and we're back. All right, so I've got the episode queued up, uh, no pun intended, and let's get going. I love Patrick Stewart's narration um, and starting the episode with a good Captain Logs, Captain's Log. Um, so... We're diving into the episode, and they're interviewing, uh, by interviewing I mean talking to a Klingon science officer who is suspected of trying to sabotage the warp drive. Um, we've got the beard himself, Riker, with uh, Counselor Troy, who, the performance is always great, and I enjoy the character. I just wish they were more consistent with her, her and her people's abilities to read people. Um, and then we've got Worf as the security officer, uh, Jadan, the Klingon science officer is, uh, is angry <laughs> and he's like, you're accusing me because we're Klingon. And then they say, it's like, they look at Worf and it's like, that's got nothing to do with it. Our security officer is Klingon. Doesn't necessarily hold up as an argument. Um, so Jadan's like, I've got nothing left to say. Send me away if you don't trust me. So now they're they're leaving the room. Riker's asking Troy what she thinks. Uh, she's she's saying he's he's hiding something, but he's hard. It's hard to tell what he's hiding, and he's very closed off. Um, so now Jadan's taunting Worf just because. Uh, for those not in the know, Worf Worf's family has a. Uh, a troubled history <laughs> on the Klingon homeworld of, uh, 
it starts with a Q. Kainos? No, no. Kalet? No, no, Kalos is a... Anyways, starts with a Q. Um, so now, as they're walking through the hallway, Jaden is, like, trying to bribe him, like, hey, if, if you help me, um, <laughs> if you help me, I will, uh, I can help restore your honor if you just get me to a shuttlecraft. But the funny part with that is, um, it's just kind of like, okay, but there's a ship and there's sensors and they'll be able to tell, like, a shuttlecraft is missing. Like, what's the plan here? What are the next steps? Is it going to be, hey, you go out? Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Worf walked in front of him, which made no sense, but I guess it was just so we could get Worf to elbow him in the stomach and then backfist him. Uh, gotta love Star Trek uh, Kirk Fu. Man, I look forward to the the movies um, where the fighting gets actually good. Um, Worf's now just like, look, I know you did this. <laughs> Even though he hasn't confessed yet, Worf is just like, you've given me enough information to make me think you're guilty, and I'll make sure they put you to a slow death. Um, but anyways, Jadan's, Jadan's reasoning is interesting because it's like, okay, hey, yeah, totally, totally um, go up to... Just get me a shuttle, and then I'm going to need you to go up on the bridge and uh, either turn off all the sensors or tell this really, really elaborate story uh, that'll distract everybody so I can um, so I can uh, just slip away unnoticed. Or, 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 see if you can somehow get me a cloak. Like, I don't know what his next step is. Like, just getting to a shuttle would not work. Um... That's the only weak part I can think of um, of this episode, but it, it's it's a good cold open because it gets you right in, and it was a different set, so it almost informs you like, hey, this is gonna be a different episode because we don't really get uh, new sets in Trek that often, um, so it's gonna be very very interesting. Uh, this theme is outstanding. Uh, if if there could ever be a new title sequence, like, it, it's not necessary, but it's just it's just CG shots of the Enterprise-D zooming back and forth. Um, but I guess that's a nod to the original series and that intro. Uh, I shouldn't expect anything different. But Deep Space Nine's title sequence, animation-wise, um, and Voyager's as well, I kind of appreciated. It, it was different. Um, the theme is also outstanding. So now we're getting a supplemental, uh, a supplemental captain's log, and we're introduced to uh, the new, uh, the other character who's coming, uh, Admiral Satie. So let me quickly get the performer. Um, I'm not gonna lie, guys. It's also, I just kind of want to watch this as well because it's just so good. Um, <laughs> Uh, Gene Simmons, no relation to, uh, the Kiss, uh, the, the, the Kiss frontman, um, but, uh, she is a, she is an actress who is, uh, since passed, um, let's see, when did she pass away? Uh, she passed away on, uh, at the age of 80, uh, over 10 years ago on January 22nd. Uh, she did a lot of, um... Broadway. She's a British actress and singer, um, so she made it mostly with um, Great Britain films and many Hollywood films. Um, what's crazy interesting is, like, sometimes when you get guest stars on Star Trek, especially the Admiral characters, they seem a little stuffy. Now that's that's a trope, but it's also kind of like maybe sometimes, and it's not a knock on the the actors or their performances but it's also like hey come into this world this very sci-fi world and try to figure out who you are uh she just already seems in her performance and how she carries herself like she's been there for a while her character has this great lived in quality to it that you almost wish had been there with a lot of other guest stars um a number of other guest stars do do it but not many do it this well. Uh, so Admiral Satie is here to investigate the uh, 
the issue with the warp drive, the sabotaged warp drive, Jordy and Data, um, Data, a.k.a. Siri, um, who they're showing her footage of something exploded in the warp drive, and they suspect Jadam. Um, Admiral Satie was in, was, uh, in retirement. They brought her back out because she's really good at bringing things to the forefront. <coughs> they suspect... Um, she starts to suspect something more is afoot than just Jadan because Minas the Enterprise, it's the uh, it's the capital of the ship of the Federation. Um, oh my gosh. Patrick Stewart is just so good. <laughs> and we're also in the first of many tea scenes in this episode. Um, and just how the... I, I, I love how the actors... Um, of Gene Simmons and um, and Patrick Stewart really interact in this episode uh, because when we first meet Satie, um, she just seems normal and not too fishy, not too pushy. Um, so it's there's a lot of respect here between the two, and she shows that to uh, she shows that to Patty Stew, to Picard. He treats her very respectfully and cordially um and also like he's a captain she's an admiral um Worf has shown up and Michael Dorn is also fantastic um I really wish he got his character got his due on the show um I will argue always that uh Worf was best used in Deep Space Nine uh they actually followed his character's suggestions uh he wasn't just shot down all, uh, like all the time uh he shined on deep space nine and his best use i'd say in any next gen property was first contact and then also um oh, what was it the second movie the second movie um what is it i ranked them recently uh why can't i i'm blanking um insurrection there we go didn't even have to look it up boom uh so now she has invited Worf to uh to join the investigation with uh with her and her betazoid um companion and her other companion that's just there to take down notes and flash sass um now i mentioned the betazoid because he is the same species that troy is so they're good at reading people um, they're not psychic, but they can read emotions and that kind of thing. So now Worf is grilling Jadan, um, and showing, showing off the stuff. Now, basically Jadan has some implants where if you do reading on something, you can then scan them into his head, uh, and it stores them and then he can later have it withdrawn and give the information uh, with Worf, his father was suspected of being a traitor and working with um, working with the uh, Romulans. That's what this guy is doing. Um, now, in Next Generation, the thing is, um, the Klingons have become allies with the uh, they've become allies with the federation and most people are good with that but occasionally you'll come across klingons who are like no they're terrible uh they've made us weak and that's jadan's stance and that's why he allies himself with the romulans and the romulans are another big power in the in the quadrant but they're also shady isolated and they're still the villains they they eventually help in in some ways but they they are still in several aspects, the one of the villain species. Um, sorry, I totally, uh, totally brain farted. Um, Kronos—that's the name of the Klingon homeworld. So we've just had a wrench thrown, and this is where things start spiraling. Um, so Jadan admits to stealing information. But he did not admit at all to doing anything to sabotage the warp drive. So the Betazoid's like, he wasn't lying about that. He admitted his guilt, but he's not admitting about this. 
so now Satine and her, her group are like, there's something bigger going on here. There's a conspiracy um, that's going on. And uh, this is worrying because now clearly other people are trying to sabotage something involving the capital starship of the Federation. And this is such a good turn. Um, and I love this turn because you could you, you, the original premise you could have drawn out for much more of the episode. But they set you up and you think you know, like, this guy's going to be the guy, this is this. And then the shift happens, like, a quarter of the way into the episode. And it's, uh, I, it's so good. So now we're back in Picard's quarters and they're having another great one-to-one scene and we're getting to know Satine more. Um, and we're seeing a lot of adoration that she had for her father, who is a big proponents of federation values and what the united federation of planets stand for um she's saying how a practice that they they had at the family table was uh they would they would have debates where they had to explore every single issue from every viewpoint uh picard is still saying um like i bet you you won against your brothers a couple times and she's like Oh yes, more than once, and my father loved when I did that. So we're seeing just something. She's got... I'm trying not to get ahead, but I love the subtlety in this episode, because it plants what her... We're we're starting to see what shades Satine and her viewpoint um, of the Federation, and what she holds as... The standard, and it's it's her adoration of her father. Her father is the standard of what the Federation should be, and what a Federation Federation officer should should strive to be. So it's it's interesting. So now we're getting more stuff with Worf and uh, her head of uh, the Betazoid. I just can't remember his name. Uh, and he's saying, he's like, I'm, I was concerned about you, Worf, because of the rumors of your father. But now that I've seen you in action, uh, I know you are, you can be trusted. And it's this little subtle manipulation stuff that's going on as well. Um, and I do believe, like, this guy, he's not trying to go in and stir up stuff, and neither is Satine. But they're alarmist. Um, they're looking for stuff. And it's those little those little tweaks, those little aspersions. Um, so now they're getting in Dr. Crusher, Beverly Crusher. Ah, oh, she's such a good character. I miss, I miss Beverly. Um, <laughs> I believe Denise Crosby is the actress's name. At one point on the show, and numerous times, they were really leaning towards um, a romance between her and Captain Picard. And I really wish they followed through with that. Th- those were two characters that I actively shipped. And I think they would have done well together. Um, so now we're getting introduced to a new character who we've never seen and we will never see again. But he's a familiar actor. Um, I'm going to look up his name. Uh, in here, his name is uh, Simon Tarsus. Uh, he's played by Spencer Garrett, who's had numerous roles. Uh, he was in Air Force One, uh, the film 21, Public Enemies, along all the way the front runner and um let's see let's see the other film filmography he was also in the show version 21 jump street he was in dr quinn medicine woman family matters um ghosts of the mississippi oh he was also in voyager that's cool um csi jag uh law and order he's one of those guys when you see him you know him oh cool he was also in supernatural in a Christmas episode. Sorry, I get, I get excited. Oh, and NCIS Los Angeles. Man, there are so many NCIS shows. Um, so now they're interviewing Tarsus just because he had access to Sick Bay, where they could put the stuff into Jadan. Um, and they saw footage of him at points talking to him. So they're like, oh, this guy's, um, this guy's worthy of suspicion. Um, 
Now, as they're talking to him as well, they're noting, like, he seems a little nervous. Uh, a little nervous and fidgety. Great performance by the actor, because he's showing, like, hey, I have... Like, I... I'm frightened. I'm scared. Um, and I love this scene, because now they're talking, and the Betazoid's like, this guy's clearly lying. Uh, he was frightened, and Picard's like, just because he's frightened doesn't mean he's lying. And then this guy's jumping, the Betazoid's jumping to the conclusion, like, this, like, nah, he was lying, he was frightened, um, trust me, I know. Like, we need to, uh, I've found our man, we need to investigate him. And now we're getting another great scene of Picard in his room with the Admiral. Um, sorry, I'm just, ah, oh, I love this, because it's also a great thing where she's, uh, is it semen? No, that can't be right. Um, what's the character's name? Um, sorry, I'm just trying to find the guy's name. Oh, man, this is bothering me that I can't find his name. Oh, he was an airplane too? That's interesting. Sabin, that was his name. So sorry. Okay, so I'm going to pause the episode for a second just so I could get caught up. Um, Picard is like, you can't expect me to allow us to act on this just based on Betazoid intuition. She's like, but hold up, you've got a counselor. Like, don't you take into her account? Like, this is not accusing this is something you should do because they've got betazoid intuition is something you can trust and the thing is she's not wrong uh this is also something picard does but he also tries to double down being like we can't do this solely because of it and we can't now presume him guilty automatically just because of circumstantial evidence at best and there's not even that there's not even really that um so this conversation is really great because we haven't got her throwing her weight around or anything. She's just like, hey, look, we're trying to establish his innocence. Like, you should trust this and that even though he thinks something's up, like, Sabin and Worf are going to investigate him to establish his innocence. Which is a really interesting way of putting it. That it's not presumed in it. It's not innocent until proven guilty. We're starting to see a little bit of a presumed guilt until proven innocent. And you can see that Picard is starting to grow uncomfortable, but he's still being respectful and, and stepping back. Um, this whole scene is, is great because she's like, wouldn't you, you would take into account what, uh, what Troy would say. But then Picard is saying, like, I would, but maybe I should reevaluate that behavior. Like, it can't just be her. Um, so now we're also seeing Satine really double down on that there is a saboteur, there is a conspiracy. Oh, this is so good. Like, this, uh, you, and uh, the performance is great. You can see Picard's discomfort. Um, because there is no clear evidence. Uh, and now she's like, we shouldn't allow him access to anywhere uh, like with vital systems and he needs to be under watch. Um, so... Ooh. And Picard is saying, I won't... Sorry, I'm just... Give me a sec. I, I want to repeat these lines because they're so good. And it okay, so the whole interaction was um, she's imploring him uh, to do these things. And then he's like, if there was clear evidence, and she's saying there will be clear evidence. Um, and then he's like, no, I will not um, I will not treat a man differently. Sorry, give me one sec. Just get, getting the line again. 
no, I will not treat uh, a man, in this case, this character, um, as a criminal, uh, Simon Tarsus, uh, as a criminal, um, unless there is clear cause to do so. Which, oh, it's such a Patrick Stewart, um, Captain Picard line. It's, su- it's such a Captain Picard virtue. And then she goes, and while you're being so generous, you give the saboteur the chance to strike again. Maybe this time it won't be just a blown, uh, basically manhole cover. What if lives are lost? So there's a genuine concern here, but the methods are, are really starting to be shown as wrong. And the viewpoints are just so fascinating. Hatch cover. And and she's saying, like, what if lives are lost? Can you afford not to act? Oh, and this twist is so good. Uh, they've both been summoned to engineering by LaForge. Oh, so good. Love this character. Um, so, Jordy and Data have been going over what happened, and now there's a bunch of techno battle. <laughs> Which, if you watch the show, you can follow. And then Satine asks him, like, what did you find? So he goes into all the jargon about it. But basically, a freak accident is what happened. Like, a sub-micron fracture. A breakdown of the atomic subhesive structure. So basically, something like not sabotage, just a freak accident. Uh, two things that uh, some things that shouldn't interact interacted. Neutron fatigue, data says. Oh, when a repair part was installed, <laughs> it had an undetectable defect. I'm sorry if I'm pausing a lot lately. Um, This is so good. They just showed how it was an accident and not sabotage. And Satine is not going with it, and neither is the Betazoid, whose name I've already forgotten. And now they're saying just because there wasn't sabotage doesn't mean... Oh, Sabin. There we go. Oh, so good. So good. Because um, now they're like, just because there's no active sabotage doesn't mean it's not a conspiracy. Uh, we know Jadam was up to something and he had conspirators. And Picard's just like, hold up, wait, did we know that? Do we know that for sure? And then this is where we start getting into the... Uh, no, well, yeah, because it's the capital ship of the Federation, and clearly this couldn't happen without, um, without help. And then the third, uh, of the party who, I don't think, I think only has one line in the whole episode, is just taking notes and throwing so many shady, funny glances. Um... So, the way she uh, the way she's putting it is, um, like, just do you think it's possible that he could have come on board and gotten this stuff without some help? And then Picard just reluctantly agrees, like, no, I don't think he could. Uh, I agree that that would be difficult to do. Um, which is just oh, it's so good. Um, and now Worf is in the room, and we're seeing and he's suggesting, like, hey, we still need to investigate um, Simon. And then Sabin is saying, hey, let's, let's work together. Like, please work with us. Um, to get, like, let's, we work well together. Let us keep working together, even if to prove that Simon is uh, innocent. And then Picard's just like, let me remind you, he is innocent until proven guilty. And then there's just silence, and then 
Satine is standing in saying, Hey, we just want to prove that he's innocent, which again, innocent until proven guilty. So Picard agrees, but then says, let us put this to rest as quickly as possible. Oh, this episode is fantastic. Uh, so this was rated the 15th best episode of Star Trek The Next Generation in 2016 by The Hollywood Reporter. Um, Michael Dorn, who plays Worf, said that this was his favorite episode of the series. Um, the Drumhead was also rated the 34th best episode of Star Trek overall by io9. Um, in 2018, Tom's Guide rated it one of the 15 best episodes featuring Picard. Den of Greek, Den of Geek ranked, um, ranked Gene Simmons' role as one of the top 10 de- guest stars on Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, Vulture.com uh, ranked this as one of the best. Entertainment Weekly ranked it as one of the top 10 moments of Jean-Luc Picard. Um, Popular Mechanics highlighted the drum. Uh, the Drumhead is one of the best Captain Picard episodes. It is recommended viewing for audiences to prepare for the upcoming, Picard, then upcoming Picard show. Um, Hollywood Reporter also ranked it as one of the top 25 episodes of Next Gen in 2019. And in 2020, Games Radar recommended watching this episode prior to viewing Picard. Uh, it is a great episode. So now we uh, now we're coming in into. Uh, another interview, shall we say, um, with um, Satine and uh, uh, Tarsus, but it's like a courtroom, and they've opened it up to uh, spectators. And this is where the episode really twists as well, and I love it, because now we're starting to get into interesting territory. Her reasoning... For opening it up is uh well if we do this under shadow and uh in dim areas where it's just private stuff they can hide if we do this in the public uh they'll be exposed and that informs you where this where this uh character is coming from picard reluctantly agrees to this and now this is where it's also interesting because you could make the debate that Picard would shut this down. <laughs> that uh, Picard would shut this down, um, especially as it goes, because it gets a little bit tense as it goes. Um, and then he assigns Riker as um, basically his uh, his lawyer, more or less, <laughs> You can make jokes that Riker is a great first officer, maybe not the best lawyer, because he doesn't object or try to refute claims nearly often enough. Um, and Tarsus is saying, hey, I don't need protection. I've done nothing wrong. And then they call on um, Dr. Crusher saying, like, hey, did he ever interact with Judan? And she's like, yeah, and sick, uh, he gave him his shots. Outside of sickbay? Yeah. Maybe once. In 10 forward, which is the basically the bar where Whoopi, Whoopi, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, a.k.a. Whoopum Goldberg, for five hilarious minutes on, um, on Wikipedia, um, is uh, Guinan. So, these are all interesting, but shady questions. And then we start seeing how these guys really, really operate. Because, uh, she's asking, uh, Crusher, like, hey, who else was there in this innocent gathering, uh, with Judan and Ty... Tarsus, and then she's like, I don't understand what this has to do um, with innocent gatherings. And then she drops the line of, well, if this gathering was so innocent, then why are you hesitant to give the names? And it's the shading and coloring of facts and stuff where it's insinuation where, 
Oh, this is so good. And uh, Picard steps in just to be like, hey, unless you have a case, uh, I'm stopping this here and now. Okay, now, because I love these scenes so much, I'm finding it difficult to not watch. Uh, <laughs> so, Sedin is now, uh, not Sedin, sorry, Sabin is now just listing off his job and what some of his duties are and a lot of, isn't it trues, isn't it trues, where it's, it can insinuate like, hey, isn't it true that you can do this? Yeah, because I have access. But they're painting the picture, they're presuming the guilt, and they're doubling down to make him look guilty. Oh, snap. Uh, so now he's, uh, and they're not allowing him the chance to, to answer, to provide the context. Even though he has honest, good answers to it. Like, of course I have access to it because I'm a member of sickbay. But as he's answering, as soon as he says, of course, then he moves on to the next question. Now we're getting into the part where they are trying to really frame him. And it's another spot where someone should have, like, you could argue, uh, Picard or Riker should have shot this down. Because uh, they're like, what if I told you, like, there is evidence that the thing... Uh, that happened to the warp core was because of a chemical compound that could be accessed. Like, it's all insinuation. Um, could be accessed in sickbay. We know that that's not the case. And Satine is just letting him roll, giving him this guilty look, like, I know who you are, I know what you did. Um, and then he says, he has nothing that I, I had nothing to do with that. And then it's, how could we believe you when we know that you've lied, when we know that you've done this, even though there's been no establishment of that? And then he drops dime that uh, Tarsus is Romulan and not Vulcan, as he claimed on his, uh, his papers to join Starfleet. Uh, and then we get into other touchy issues, which is so, so good. Um, now, he doesn't confirm right away that he's Romulan. He says, like, I'm acting on advice from my counsel to not answer that question. And then he adds, because it could incriminate me. Which gets the whole group murmuring and stirring and all that. And, ah, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Ah, oh, I just, I love this episode. And he's pressing him, like, he just presses him, because now it's like, hey, you have ties to our active enemy, blood ties, even though this individual has never done anything outside of, he admits later in the episode that he lied, and he admits his wrongdoing there. Um, but it's just all this wrongdoing. Um, like, he admits to his... his his lie on the the paper but he does not admit to wrongdoing but there are they are full-on casting these aspersions and painting this picture so now we're in this great scene with uh with Worf and Picard uh and instead of trying to just because I want to watch it um I'm gonna read some of it so Picard and Worf are having this exchange where uh, Picard is trying to argue for for Tarsus here. And then Worf is doubling down like, no, there's something wrong. And then he's like, Worf busts out, but we know there's a traitor here. Jaden has admitted his guilt. And then Picard says, that's true, and he will stand for his crime. Worf goes, Tarsus has all but done the same. How? He refused to answer the question about his Romulan grandfather. And Picard, and this whole scene is just so wonderfully acted. Um, Picard reminds him, that is not a crime, Worf, nor can we infer his guilt because he didn't respond. Sir, if a man were not afraid of the truth, he would answer. And then Picard drops 
Oh no, we can't allow ourselves to think that. The seventh guarantee is one of the most important rights granted by the Federation. We cannot take a fundamental principle of the Constitution and turn it against a citizen. Uh, Worf responds, the Federation does have enemies, we must seek them out. But then it's, oh yes, that's how it starts. But the road from legitimate suspicion to rampant paranoia is much shorter than we think. And then he exits, something is wrong here, Mr. Worf. I do not like what we have become. Holy cow! Is this scene so good? Uh, and right before it, um, the card just brings up like drumhead trials on the battlefield where uh, they weren't trials, it was just judgment and punishment severe. Appeals denied. This is so good. Like, friends, if you haven't watched this episode, please do. Like, I'd argue this is this is next gen at its uh at its best. Ugh. It's it's just so good. The acting is phenomenal. Um and there's just okay, yeah, no no. I'm I'm gonna keep going. Uh so what happens is there's more exchanges with Picard and Satine, and uh, Picard tries to talk her out of proceeding with this. He's like, look, we... He talks to Tarsus. Tarsus admits everything to Picard, that he had nothing to do with it. Uh, all he did was, like, he lied on his form. His dream was being part of the Federation, but he said he was Vulcan, because Vulcans and Romulans share blood. But they're Heck, they're technically part of the same species, I believe, or relatively, um, but different philosophies, different everything, whole different cultures. Um, but because of the shared physical features, he said he was Romulan, uh, sorry, he said he was Vulcan, and no one batted an eye. Um, but he, he always wanted to be part of the Federation, but he knew if his, if his blood ever came up. Uh, he wouldn't be able to be. Man, this episode is so good. Um, and then Picard like goes to talk to Satine and is like, look, we need to stop this. Uh, like He's admitted his guilt. He admits this. Well, how do you know? Because I talked to the man. <laughs> they haven't. <laughs> um, and then it just it keeps descending. We keep seeing her ramp up a bit and the actress does a phenomenal job it's so subtle it's never overblown it's never overstated her acting is just it's easy it, it would be easy to go into overacting and scene chewery even good scene chewery but she's just phenomenal um and then she's like hey so i'm we're gonna get to the bottom of this and i brought like, the head admiral of security of Starfleet. He's coming here. And Picard's like, why, why didn't you talk to me? And she's like, well, I didn't have to. I'm an admiral. Uh, and we will keep doing these until it is... Yeah, everybody's revealed. Um, and Picard's like, I, I, I'm going to fight you on this. Because what you're doing is wrong. Um, and then she she's like, do what you must. And then the next scene... It's a rare time where Picard is distracted on the bridge, um, and the hilarious third, who just gives shady looks, comes up and says, "Hey, uh, you've been summoned. <laughs> like you're 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 on trial tomorrow." Um, so then we get into this excellent scene, um, like a solid almost ten minutes, maybe more, um, where it's just a lot of inference and just more of the same. So Picard, uh, they try to jump right into it, and Picard's like, hey, look, I know Starfleet regulations, and I'm allowed to say something. And there's also this other admiral there observing this. Uh, so then they let it happen, and then he busts out, I'm deeply concerned about what it, what is happening here. It began when we apprehended a spy, a man who has admitted his guilt and who will answer for his crime. But the hunt didn't end there. Another man, Mr. Simon Tarsus, was brought to trial, and it was a trial, no matter what. Others may choose to call it, because they've just been saying, oh, they're 
interviews. Like, they're doing everything a trial does, probably, but trying to say it's not a trial. Um, he goes on to say, A trial based on insinuation and innuendo. Nothing substantive offered against Mr. Tarsus, much less proven. Mr. Tarsus's grandfather is a Romulan, and for that reason his career now stands in ruins. Have we become so fearful, have we become so cowardly, that we must extinguish a man because he carries the blood of a current enemy? Admiral, let us not condemn Simon Tarsus or anyone else because of their bloodlines or, investiga or investigate others for their innocent associations. I implore you, do not continue with this proceeding. End it now. Um, which is just such a great way to begin this. And there's so, like, the acting nuances in this are just so phenomenal. If anybody, like, tries to knock Trek for his acting, which is fair, there, 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 there's times where the acting isn't that great. Um, but for the most part, especially throughout Next Gen, I point to this, even when you get the silly stuff. When you've got some of the caliber of Patrick Stewart <laughs> helps raise other people to their his level and by that i mean people like have such a great actor to perform off of that their game gets raised oh so good um and then they jump in trying to paint the picture of what he of who they think picard is to completely again through innuendo and insinuation that he is not the character that we think he is uh, the prime directive is a big deal and they're like hey you do you hold to the prime directive and he's like yes are you aware that you've broken it uh sorry i'm trying to get how many times he's broken the protocol nine times um but the thing is the card has always been on the level about when and why he's broken that um, and he even says, like, we've reported it. Like, it's, it's on the record. Uh, and then she's like, well, we're, we're looking into that very closely. Like, she's trying to intimidate and trip him up. Um, oh, this is such a good scene. Such a great episode. She turns to Sabin to try to get him to answer or try to get Picard to trip up. So they're bringing up some great episodes and situations where they had to let bad things happen. Um, and he's kind of like, you took this person who had this knowledge. Why didn't you shoot them down? Why didn't like, why didn't you protect the Federation? They were, they had our secrets and, other people try to jump in and defend, like, hey, if he didn't do that, uh, we'd be dead. Like, he was saving us. He did the right thing. Um, and then they turn on Worf. And then they're like, how can you have, like, hey, where were you in this situation, Worf? And also, don't you think it's questionable at best to have uh, your chief of security be tied to a suspected traitor? Again, the insinuation the innuendo like nothing concrete um and then oh it's it's like at this point they're getting you to actively root against this character and it's phenomenal because they they have her go for the jugular in a way of being like hey have you fully recovered from your experience with the borg uh it must be difficult to uh for you to live with yourself knowing that you uh you betrayed the Federation and everything you hold dear. Um, and you cost the lives of hundreds of thousands of others. Um, which is so terrible. Um, but you see what they're doing. They're trying to paint this picture of like, hey, I question you. I question your motives. I question your commitment. And I've got all this evidence even though you can refute it and disprove it, I've got all this evidence to back it up, and I can paint this picture to get others to question it as well. 
and it's again ugh, just the presumed guilt until proven innocence it's it's so relevant oh my goodness it's so relevant um and then picard to his credit um like he doesn't have an emotional outburst which you almost in a way want him to do but he remains calm and then he starts busting out other stuff and what's again so great about it is uh you think this was his long long game like he knew that this would trip her up um he goes you know there are some words i've i've known since i was a schoolboy. when the first link the chain is forged the first speech censored the first thought forbidden the first freedom denied chains us all irrevocably those words were uttered by judge aaron Satie, the admiral's father uh as wisdom and warning the first time any man's freedom is trodden on we're all damaged i fear that today and then she goes how dare you you who consort with romulant the episode that i kind of touched on but this whole scene is just phenomenal so i focused on the rest of it um but the person who was a romulant by um you who consort with romulant invoke my father's name to support your traitorous arguments it is an offense to everything i hold dear and to hear those words used to subvert the united federation of planets my father was a great man his name stands for integrity and principle you dirty his name when you speak it he loved the federation but you corrupt it captain you undermine our very way of life i will expose you for what you are i've brought down bigger men than you picard um and it's such a great moment because it shows like well one he knows what he's doing uh he knows that this will cause her to fly off the handle but he's not relishing in it um that's not who picard is it shows where she's coming from because she's beyond certain even though there's no reason to be um <laughs> that he's a villain and he's out to corrupt and it's i love this because it, it, it's very timely which i keep going back to because these i think these are very important issues and ways of looking at things that we can't just drop we need to look at everything calmly even when they make us angry um we need to take things seriously and take people at the word but without just jumping into presuming guilt automatically and inferring and looking at isolated moments to paint pictures every group does this and it's it's beyond frustrating we <laughs> and i love that argument because the argument here isn't against one group or one ideology or a, i'm right you're wrong it's looking at totality it's it's arguing for getting a complete picture and not just looking at agenda-based viewpoints uh, and it's so good so good i cannot i cannot ah oh, i can't i can't this episode is just fantastic um and then there goes on to be the the closing scene is another um another great moment with Worf and picard um where as they're talking Worf is like i believed her i helped her i did not see what she was and then uh, Picard goes, Mr. Worf, villains who twirl their mustaches are easy to spot, uh, but those who clothe, them, clothe themselves in good deeds are well camouflaged. Um, which is, again, just so good. Um, for the Christians out there, we're all aware of the idea of a wolf in sheep's clothing. And, ah, oh, this episode is so good, you guys. I'm, I'm really glad I did this. I know I kind of skipped some stuff, but it was just there's so much meat on this bone um, that I had to kind of get to it because I was also like, I just want to watch this. So I actually paused the episode a while ago and I'm going to finish watching it after this. But dear listener, let me know what you think. Um, if you haven't watched this episode before, 
What do you think of the sounds of it? Um, and again, I hope I was clear. I'm not trying to use this episode to comment on any current situation, like a case-by-case situation or anything like that. Just a trend that's going on now that every everyone or group or whatever you want to say is guilty of, of using agenda, lacking context and any window and inference um, to paint a case. And I think this episode makes a brilliant argument for like, we need to look at everything and it like not remove context. Um, and then of course, judge accordingly. Um, it's a great reminder about like innocent until proven guilty. And I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I, yeah, no, I loved it. So what did you think? Uh, have you seen this episode before? Um, was it a great revisit for you? If you haven't seen this episode, did it make you want to see the episode? Um, I would recommend this episode to Trek fans and non-Trek fans um, alike just because of the subject matter. It's got the sci-fi trappings, but so much great meat in it to uh, to digest and chew on. And just, it's, it's wonderful food for thought. Um, and with some phenomenal acting across the board. For me, it's, it's in there amongst my uh, top episodes of Next Gen. All that being said, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. The next um, couple of the Trek episodes that I'm going to be doing these watch-alongs with uh, periodically, uh, the next one is going to be lighter and sillier, um, but a, a, very enjoyable, a very enjoyable episode nonetheless. All that being said, I hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful day. Take care, and God bless, my friends. Peace.